the, we, we, the the first competition was about opera. We're going to talk about opera again now. Uh, some of the world's biggest opera houses from the Met in New York to the Royal Opera House in London stream live performances into cinemas around the world, which I think is a great development. In fact, next Saturday, for the first time, an Irish-produced opera will be broadcast live in a number of Irish cinemas. This is part of the Wexford Festival Opera, which is underway. So... Opera is now becoming much more accessible. But here to remind us uh, of little bits and pieces and more uh, about uh, opera is Claudia Boyle. When I was listening to the clips this morning, the amount of opera that's used in ads is unbelievable. Oh, it's huge. It's all around us, you know. And And people think of it as fierce, highbrow and posh and stuffy. But... They, an awful lot of they're completely familiar with. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, I, I, I do hear that, you know, here and there. Oh, opera isn't for me and I don't really understand it. But then when you do start, you know, humming a tune or, or when people hear a certain song on the radio and say, oh, yeah, actually, I, I do know that. So I think we all actually know more than we think, you right. know. And I mean, I do hear, oh, I don't understand it and maybe it's not for me. But I do actually think opera is for everyone. You know, it, it is a heightened art form. It's very, very dramatic. But if, if you take away everything maybe that surrounds opera you know our preconceived ideas about it if you take away maybe the sometimes outlandish plots these ideas yeah, of OTT bejew- yeah OTT bejeweled divas you know difficult Italian tenors like what you have is the most you know basic form of communication the voice you know and that's what you're left with and actually since opera was conceived in it came from Italy it came at the end of the 16th century um, about I think it was 1598 but that was the first opera and it was Daphne and like since then nothing has changed in the way we sing opera it's exactly the same as it has been hundreds of years ago what do you mean ago. by the same? well like we, we sing it in, in, in the same way we, we don't have microphones we don't have technology it's exactly the same way that we're singing and I think there's something really special about that right. it's just the human voice communicating it's singers bearing their souls and you can't help but be moved by that well well, I, I I just hope people will, will keep an open mind on it. I mean, those that are already addicted stay addicted. I think that is the way Absolutely, yeah. it works. So let's go through, when you say we're doing it the same way, let's go through the various voices okay. for a female. Yeah, well, there's um, we start with the soprano. Um, so the soprano is the highest female voice. Now, within the soprano, there's a couple of different types of sopranos, what we call the German Fox. So that just means compartment. It's a subcategory. So what kind of defines a soprano? I mean, all voices are so different. You know, you get different types of voices. So depending on, on the volume, on the texture, on the colour of a voice. For instance, I'm, I would be called a lyric coloratura. So coloratura refers to all these really fast scales and vocal accents acrobatics and everything like that and also you can sing really really high what we like to call the the money notes <laughs> you know um so it's great why are they called the money <laughs> well, notes people like a high note marion you know they do they really do audiences love it so um yeah so i i would be called a lyricolator and i like to think of that as the best of both worlds and um, so one of the most famous um arias for a lyric coloratura is the very famous queen of the night aria der hula racha and here the queen of the night wants her daughter pamino to our, our Pamina, excuse me, to kill her husband, Sarastro. And she says if she doesn't kill her husband, she will disown her as a daughter for life. Extreme enough. Yes. 
Of, or what? Uh, yeah, completely. And I think everybody knows that piece of music. You know, they've heard it somewhere. It's just so famous. Yeah. And, you know, it's so exciting just like to hear a voice singing in that way. These really, really high notes. Yeah. It's so precise and the vocal acrobatics. It's so dramatic. Right. We're going to move on to um, the... Oh, yeah, you, you were going to what you're described as, and there's a, in, in the women's range. Yes. There's soprano. There's a soprano. So then moving down, so it moves down really in vocal range. So then what we have is a mezzo-soprano, which basically means kind of half a soprano. Now, they're not half a soprano. I mean, that sounds very insulting. Mezzos are wonderful singers, you know. Yeah. But they have a creamier texture to their voice, a darker colour, and they don't sing quite as high as, as soprano. So, you know, a very famous uh, character is, let's say, Carmen, um, and she was, uh, you know, that's sung by a mezzo. And actually, mezzos tend not to do such leading roles, like there's very few of them um, compared to sopranos, let's right. say. Yeah. But they're still, nonetheless, I mean, when you hear a mezzo singing really, really deep, rich colours, it's absolutely beautiful. Now, a great example, actually, of a soprano and a mezzo-soprano singing together is the wonderful duet from uh, Lacme by Delib. Um Now, this actually was used in the British Airways advert. And British Airways were very, very clever here because this is a beautiful piece of music. It's very serene. Here, um, Lakme and Malika, they're getting ready to have a, a bath and they're singing about all the flowers in the garden and the roses. And British Airways was very clever here because they really want to evoke calmness in their travellers. Right, calmness, yeah. security and above all, quality. Have a listen to this. You feel very low grade referring to ads, but it is used so widely. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, there are so many ads. I mean, there's the Go Compare ads. I mean, they really use the stereotypical idea of a tenor, you know, a kind of overweight tenor and his, uh, you know, moustache and he comes in and singing Go Compare. I think was voted one of the most annoying ads. You know, and then you have the Nissan Qashqai used Traviata. You know, you have uh, the Champions League using uh, Zadok the Priest handle. And then there was Nessun Dumbo, of course, with the with the maestro himself. Yeah. But speaking of tenors and baritones, that's where we're going next. These are the different ranges 
For men. For men. So tenor uh, would be, like the soprano uh, with women, the highest voice type for, for men. And within that, again, different categories of, of tenor. So the high tenor, the leggero tenor. Then moving down to the lyric tenor, which Pavarotti was a lyric tenor. And I, and that's why actually he was so great, because he dipped into the leggero repertoire as well. He could do everything that a light tenor could do, but with a really lyric sound. So that is what made... Pavarotti so special. Yeah, and he was yeah. good at high seasons. Uh, yeah, the king of the high seas, the yeah. nine high seas in La Fille de Regiment. Yeah, he was absolutely amazing. And and then you have dramatic tenors, Verdi tenors. And then we move down to the baritones. Baritones lower again. Now, it's not just that baritones are lower. They also have, have a different sound to the tenor as well. Yeah. It's a darker sound, you know. Um, so we have the light, the light baritone, lyric baritones, dramatic and the bass baritone. Um, and then we move down to the bass. Now, with a bass, you'll always know a bass when you speak to them. It's you know they have really resonant low speaking voices yeah. and that carries into their singing voices as yeah. well and a great example actually of a tenor and a baritone singing together uh, we'll hear now that you should say oh, so, so yeah. yes sorry yeah um, is from the Pearl Fisher's uh, Les Pêcheurs oh, de Pearl. I love this. Pearl oh it's one of the most famous duets and it's the most famous piece in the opera and here um, Nadir and Zorga they've both fallen in love with the same woman. And they sing of her beauty. It's Layla, the priestess. They saw her moving through the crowd and they sing of her beauty, but they resolve to still remain best friends. But, you know, it doesn't end like that, Marion, because only one of them gets the girl. And guess who it is? It's the tenor. Right. OK, let's listen. That's another one I think that everybody knows uh, straight away. Now, let us come on to different types. What is a grand opera? Yeah, a grand opera, like like the name suggests, is really big opera. It's big and bold and it's on a big scale. So it was a genre in the 19th century. So a kind of romantic, late, late romantic era. And it's, it's, you know, it's long operas. They're in four or five acts. Uh, again, large scale casts, big orchestras, lavish, spectacular uh, stage effects and everything like that. So and, what are we going to hear? Yeah, and a classic example of that is uh, William Tell. And we're going to hear the overture. Now, an overture is an instrumental introduction to an opera, but you you will also recognise this as the theme to The Lone Ranger. <laughs> there we go.
well, that's another one that is is very much known. Now, another term, intermezzo. What's that about? Intermezzo is a short connecting instrumental piece in an opera. And one of the most famous of these is from Cavalleria Rusticana, uh, which incidentally featured in The Raging Bull and The Godfather 3. Now, it just provides a moment of reflection and a kind of break. Now, this story is really deeply rooted in love and betrayal. And we have uh, a couple, um, Torrido comes back um, and he finds that his fiance is now married to another man. He tries to make her jealous, is with another girl, and then she tells him of their infidelity. So all of this is happening. And then suddenly the square empties and nobody is there. And we're, we're reminded that love is wonderful. It brings us such pleasure, but also such pain. Lastly, but not least, uh, it's Halloween. Something a bit scary, please? Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, I think everyone will know this next piece, uh, O Fortuna from Carmina Burana. Now, Carmina Burana isn't an opera, but it has all the characteristics of an opera. It's so dramatic. Um, it's basically a scena cantata, and which is basically just, uh, it's a vocal work, really, for orchestra, baritone solo, soprano solo, and uh, countertenor. So here we have the O Fortuna, O Fate, and this is a complaint of the kind of inescapable power of fate and where it will, may lead us all. Okay, let's have a listen. suitably scared listening to that mm-hmm. uh, and listen thank you very much indeed um, are you in Wexford yourself this year? No I'm not I was in Wexford twice all, already but what I'll be doing is the magic of Christmas at the Bordgosh Energy Theatre on December 22nd and it's with the NSO full scale orchestra our 60 piece choir we have Stephen Ray reading the night before Christmas and we have like we've been talking about really accessible beautiful music for all the family well, listen, that is something for you yes. uh, and uh, for the rest of us to look forward to. Claudia Boyle, thank you very, very much indeed for Thanks coming for in. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll take a break.